Hey, hey, if you are a fan of this podcast and you want to support us, you want to show your support, you want to help us to improve, get better, put out better content, well, check out our Patreon. You can find it at www.patreon.com slash tiny leaps. When you support at any rate, you are helping us to improve this show, helping us to put out better content, to spend more time on it, and to keep bringing you and and bringing you for free this thing that hopefully is helping you to improve the quality of your life. There are two main levels. At $5 a month, you become a supporter and you get a ton of perks related to that. And at $15 a month, you actually get a free signed copy of uh, this right here, the Tiny Leaps Big Changes book. So if you want to support the show, head over to www.patreon.com slash tiny leaps. I'll see you there. In this episode, I sit down with Elizabeth Moore to talk about paying off your student loans. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. To another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and since graduating college in 2014, I have been absolutely bombarded with phone calls and emails and just constant, constant reminders of the fact that I owe a whole lot of money, like way more than I think should honestly be allowed when I, when I really think about it. But we won't get into that part of the conversation. However, as you guys know, who listen to this show regularly, my job here is to sort of navigate my own struggles in life and share the lessons learned, as well as introduce you to people who are further along on the journey as it relates to specific areas. And today is no different. I'm sitting down with uh, actually a listener of the show, Miss Elizabeth Moore, who over the course of two years paid off roughly $31,000 of student loan debt. And she is here to teach us how, because I'm stuck. I'm sure many of you are stuck as well. And wouldn't it just be amazing to not have to worry about that monthly bill, the the monthly bill that's basically another rent. Um, so, so hopefully through this conversation, we'll learn some strategies. We'll learn some, some mindset stuff that we can utilize to over the course of the next two years, pay off our own debt and, and get to this place where we can finally gain true financial freedom. So Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Greg. I really appreciate the opportunity to just get on and share my story. Absolutely. So let's, um, before we jump into like the meat of it, um, let's start here. What do you think allowed you to, uh, graduate with this amount of debt and actually not feel crushed by it and actually feel like, okay, you know what, I'm going to make a plan and tackle it. Like, what is it either about you or the way you were raised or a a shift you had? Like, why didn't you just sort of get stuck like so many other people do? 
I was really lucky in the fact that my parents kind of raised me with a money management mindset from a young age. Um, I remember being in second grade and we didn't always get allowances. Um, but in this particular phase of my life, I was getting one and my mom said I got $3 a week and one went to giving and one went to saving and one went to spending. And then um, that kind of faded out. But when I started babysitting again, my mom, when I was like 12, 13, my mom sat me down again and said, listen, you need to have a plan. You need to have short-term goals, long-term goals, um, givings and savings. And so I was always fortunate that I kind of had that foundation, even if I wasn't living true to it, um, that I at least, you know, I had a starting point, which a lot of people don't. Yeah, and that that that's such a phenomenal uh, aspect of this. Um, I'm I'm wondering how important do you think it is that you know the the sort of it, it's it's kind of a silly activity on the surface, right? So one's for saving, one's for spending, one's for giving. But at such an early age, that seems to have sort of implanted this idea in your mind of how to use your money. And I'm just curious, like, do you think that had that lesson not been sort of built into your childhood, you would have adopted it at some point? Or do you think it was critical that it was it was established there? I think I probably would have eventually adopted it at some point, um, just because mm -hmm. of how I was raised. Um, and my grandparents, uh, neither of them went to college, but they both, my grandpa built his own um, very successful business and my grandma worked at a factory. And so even just daily conversations with them. My grandma will still mention times when, you know, she had to record every single thing she bought, even if it was a five cent stick of gum. So I think just mm -hmm. kind of the culture, it was, I was going to eventually find my way there because we're, my family, you know, isn't big on debt and we believe in paying it off and being responsibilities. And I've had Got such it. great role models for that. Got it. I love that. Um, so what, uh, where did you start? So $31,000 worth of debt, that is a mountain to so many people, especially um, were those primarily government loans or private or like how was it structured? So I think I broke it down and about, they were all government loans, um, about 27,000 of it was actually student loans. And then the other $4,000 mm -hmm. of it came from credit card bills and um, medical bills. Got it. Got it. So do you have an idea what the... Um, like were interest rates very high or were they on the lower end? Like where, where did you sit in that? They fluctuated. I believe it's been about two years, but I believe like my lowest was like 4.2 and my highest was 6.8, at least with the student loans, um, with credit cards, okay. obviously they're like 25, 28%, something right. stupid, crazy. Got it. So where, where seeing this sort of allocation of things, where do you start? I started with a budget. Um, and I've been mm -hmm. kind of fortunate in the fact that I couldn't survive life without a budget. Um, <laughs> when I graduated college um, and my husband had just got a job in the city and we were moving in together, um, I was working at a grocery store and my husband was working as um, a security guard third shift. So neither of us was making a lot of money and Brent was really expensive. Mm -hmm. So I needed to figure out a way to pay those bills. And we did struggle for a while. Um, and it wasn't until my husband used to be in the National Guard and he was getting deployed. And I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do while well, he's gone for a year? And so I was Googling like things to do while your husband's on deployment. And somebody said, pay off <laughs> debt. And I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty good challenge. Like, let's try that. <laughs> 
Interesting. That, that's such a, a unique way to sort of inspire the, uh, the, the challenge. What, um, I'm hearing something here though. Was, was there ever a point in the beginning of this where like, was it purely just, okay, I'm going to scrimp and save as much as I can. Or was there also an element of, okay, we need to increase the amount we're bringing in. Um, it was both. Um, at the time mm-hmm. we were both working the jobs that were, you know, best available to us. We were always looking for other jobs and other opportunities. Um, and when I decided to kind of get serious about paying off debt, um, it was again, because my husband was going active duty and that allowed me, um, I had walked away a few months before, but, um, from a really toxic work environment. And this mm-hmm. gave me the opportunity that I could have probably worked an okay part-time job and we would have still been able to save and stuff. But his, um, you know, full-time active duty salary was really going to help give us that extra boost we need and kind of give us that extra security and that extra money for us to start paying off, you know, the debt. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, and that's something I've always, um, I guess I, I've always known that it is it, it is ultimately both like you both have to increase how much you're making and reduce the amount you're spending. Um, but it's a it's a hard balance for people to find. Right. Because, yeah, you can save if there is anything to save, but you also can't just go out tomorrow and increase your income like that. That's a a, a challenging place to find yourself in. Uh, from either your personal experience or, or just having gone through this process and, and gotten to the other side, like, do you have any uh, advice on should somebody just start with, okay, I'm going to sit down and make a budget based on what I currently have, or should they hit up indeed.com first? I would start where you are. Um, because you need to know how much money you're bringing into, you need to know where your money's going, um, before you can even start paying off debt. If you don't have a good Mm -hmm. idea of what you're spending on and when you're spending on it, um, then you don't know where you can cut to start, you know, working towards paying towards that debt. You know, if you're only focused on making Mm -hmm. the minimum payments because you're out with all the newest phones or eating out or, you know, going out drinking with your friends, well, then obviously you're not going to feel like you have that money to put towards your debt. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, something I'm picking up from that, and and I'd, I'd love if you would correct me if you think this is off at all, but it's almost like, you need to learn how to spend what you already have because even if you increase your income, if it's not not already in your habit and in your process of, okay, this amount goes towards my debt before I ever see it, like you'll increase your income and just increase your spending at the same time. I think that's... Do you think that's accurate? That's absolutely accurate. And I think that's what you kind of see is people get a raise and they're like, oh, good. Well, now I can go out and buy this fancy thing instead of saying, well, I want this fancy thing, but I don't need it. Yeah. So would you say a a fair place to start, regardless of how much you currently make, uh, even if it's as small as $10 a month, just making sure that you get in the habit of this is the budget I'm putting towards loans and debt and and paying that part of it off. And the $10 may not make much of a difference now, but it'll at least create the routine for the future. 
yeah, definitely, you know, start, start where you are, do the little steps, you know, maybe you just figure out how to live within your current means, um, for a month. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you, the next month's goal is to cut your spending. And so maybe you look at eating out less, or maybe you start meal planning and cooking and packing your lunches more, um, and then taking Mm -hmm. that additional money and putting it in there. You know, it's that $5 at $10, you know, it adds up to where you can make, you know, more than your minimum. And then once you've paid off, one, you know, credit card or student loan or whatnot, you take the money that you would have put towards that and you put it towards a different loan. So now you've doubled the money. Mm -hmm. So it kind of builds upon it. Got it. So to that point, did you follow any of like, like Dave Ramsey's debt snowball or like the avalanche or any of that stuff? Yes and no. Um, I followed them and then I also kind of got bored and made my own rules. (laughs) So I started off with credit card debt because that obviously had A, the lowest amounts and B, the um, highest interest rates. So that was really important. And you do get those feel goods like, oh, yeah, this is paid off. I want to do more. Um, And then when it came to student loans and you had like the bigger amounts that were harder to make a dent into, um, that's when I kind of played around. And sometimes the lowest amount had the highest interest rate. And sometimes, Mm. you know, I just kind of picked whatever I needed. If I was really struggling, then maybe I needed to pay off the smaller loan first because that would have given me the win, Mm -hmm. which would have given me the feel good to allow me to keep going on and paying off my other student loans. Got it. So tell me, take me through your, your journey with this. So you, you started by making a budget and it was sort of in this, this period of time where your husband was away and you're just sort of trying to figure out what you could do in that time. But what happened next? Like what was the, that two year window like for you? It wasn't as bad as you think it is. Like, I feel like budgets get this bad rap that, hey, I live on a budget or I have a budget. And everyone's like, oh, she has a budget. Um, <laughs> and there are days I love my budget. There are days I hate my budget, but I always stick to my budget. And because of that, mm-hmm. it's given us freedom. Um, we could have taken, you know, a more extreme path. And I think I did the math today and we probably could have figured paid everything off about a good six months sooner. Um, but because I was not working and he was, um, he was injured in pre-deployment training. And so while they were trying to fix him, he had a lot of time saved up. We decided that, well, now this is a good time to take a vacation. Um, let's go to Scotland for two weeks. So we went to Scotland, Mm -hmm. you know, it, we didn't stop necessarily living our lives because we were paying off our debt. Um, because there were opportunities that came up that, you know, Hey, I really want to go to Scotland or I'm a huge Detroit Red Wings fans and they were closing the old arena and opening a new arena. And it was really important to me Mm -hmm. to sell my soul for tickets to be to those two games. (laughs) And so, you know, it worked within my budget. Um, I knew it was delaying paying off the debt, but those were experiences and memories that I'm never, you know, I'm never going to lose because of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost like by setting that budget, you, I mean, you adjust to the lifestyle change, right? You do. It gets easier. Um, I'll still tell people like, oh, I'm broke and I'm not broke. Like I have a budget and my budget is in good shape and we are good. Um, sometimes I just spend my spending money a little sooner than I probably should, <laughs> but then I have to deal with it to the next payday. Right. So you never like dip into other parts of the budget? 
unless absolutely necessary, I'm assuming. Unless it's an emergency, um, I don't. I each mm. of how I personally choose to do my budget is I do something kind of similar to the envelope method. Um, it's a for I do okay. a digital version. So the envelope method says that hey, you get out envelopes and mark one is electric, one is student loans, one is food, one is gas, etc. Um, and I have like 20 different savings accounts so that when my mm-hmm. my paycheck or my husband's paycheck comes in, I just automatically know that, okay, this money goes to electric, this money goes to that. I, I take it out of my reach. Like it's not easily accessible. Yeah. I either have to go physically into that envelope to take it out or I have to open my bank app and I have to transfer that money. So mm-hmm. it gives you that extra moment of pause so you're not just going out and impulse buying on something that's going to make you feel yeah. good for, you know, just for a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so to that point, have you ever played around with uh, like separate, like uh, having those savings accounts in a separate bank than your checking? I have. Um it goes back and forth for, for convenience. There is an online bank that has um, really good interest rates. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they don't let us have a joint account, which my husband's paycheck comes into our joint account. So it's not feasible for that. It. And it's a little harder for me to, you know, transfer to get the money when I need it. So um, our long-term emergency fund, which is a little larger, lives at a bank that, you know, it's going to take me a few days to get to, um, but it's still accessible. And I have a smaller emergency fund that's accessible with my local bank because it's, you know, when it, you need to pay an electric bill, to me, it's just not worth the hassle to wait a few days. I want to know that I can go in and pay it and be done with it. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. So how do you... um? So again, going back to, to this sort of two year window, uh, you're, you're being, I don't want to use the word strict with yourself, but you're, you're keeping yourself on sort of the plan that you set. And that plan included the ability to do things that you enjoy, like go travel, go to this game, go to do whatever else. Um, was there ever a moment where something happened, whether an emergency or otherwise, that tempted you to, to break that budget? And how do you handle that? If it was an emergency, I don't think during that time we were really fortunate and we didn't have an emergency or anything really come up. Um, and I will say, even mm-hmm. when we went on our international national vacation, I had a vacation budget. Um because I'm a bit crazy, but it worked. And, you know, we got great deals and had a time of our lives. So I was really lucky during that period. I didn't have anything come up, Um, but we're kind of going through something like that right now Um, because of my budget and the situation we were in. We had a family member that needed a car and one of our vehicles Mm -hmm. was a little older and um, it's been a great vehicle, no problem. So I'm getting a little worried that it could kaput at any time. So we um, are lending them that vehicle and we went out and we purchased another vehicle um, with the mm-hmm. intention of, you know, I had didn't couldn't pay cash up front like I wanted to because it was unexpected. But we put a huge down payment um, and I had all the good intentions in the world to pay it off by the end of this year. Well, I've had nonstop health problems for about the last three months. And so a lot of our money mm-hmm. has gone towards, you know, eating out because I don't feel like cooking or, you know, emergency room bills, medical bills, everything else. So it's realizing that there are times we're going to have to be flexible and you it's OK to use that money if you're using your medical mm-hmm. budget or your emergency budget because hey, you're there, or maybe you don't make that extra student loan payment this month because 
hey, you were in the hospital and that money needed to go so you could get the treatment that you needed. Then you need to right. take care of yourself. It's not worth, you know, trying to kill yourself to accomplish this goal. Yeah. But how do you how do you navigate? Because there's the logical side of that, right? Of, hey, you need to use this money for X, Y, Z thing. But then there's like the underlying emotional side of, okay, you use the money, but now you're beating yourself up for two weeks afterwards. Like how, how would you uh, or how have you navigated that and just sort of reminded yourself, like, hey, money is there to be saved, but it's saved for a purpose, I, I do really struggle with that. You know, I don't like to touch my emergency funds if I don't have to. Um, so it, it's something mm-hmm. I struggle with, but it's something that I've had to remind myself with like, no, you, you've built up this saving so that when this happens, you don't have to go into crisis mode. Um, you know, it's your safety net. It's there. And guess what? You can just spend some more time rebuilding the savings up. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. replaceable. It's money, you know, just let it go. And trust me, I know how hard it is because I am definitely <laughs> one of those people who you don't mess with my budget. Like don't mess <laughs> with my budget. I love that. How, um, for someone who maybe wasn't necessarily around, uh, a family that had that mindset, um, how would you recommend starting to develop it later in life? I think, if you just, I mean, you can obviously go online and you can Google and you can look up Dave Ramsey. Um, you can go on Pinterest. I found a lot of my stuff on Pinterest, but it's oh, so easy to get overwhelmed um, because there's mm-hmm. 50 different methods and 50 different sheets. And so yeah. if you can find somebody um, that you know who maybe seem like they're in the right financial place or who's talked, mentioned about having a budget before and ask them for help um, or ask them what worked for them and then kind of build it off from there and just know that your budget can change and it can grow. Like my budget now is not what my budget was four years ago. Um, I've learned mm-hmm. that I need to add categories. I've removed categories. I've adjusted amounts, you know, things change. So um, mm-hmm. just not be overwhelmed. And if it gets too overwhelmed, then break it into baby steps. You know, hey, today I'm going to just list out all my expenses that I pay throughout the year or throughout the month. And then tomorrow I'm going to look at how I should allocate my monthly paycheck. And maybe I'm just going to spend 15 minutes today researching it because it's a wildly overwhelming topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's overwhelming, but it's also confusing. Uh, I mean, it, I there's so much to to consider when it comes to your personal finances that I mean I, I find myself just like I'm sitting down to do it and I'm either overwhelmed or I'm confused and so I just say okay I'm not dealing with this right now like I've got other things I, I need to to worry about um, do you have any favorite books on the topic I don't know that I have any books or podcasts um I don't actually listen to a lot of financial podcasts. I, I found a lot of... Yeah, I imagine that'd be kind of dry. I actually would probably find them really interesting knowing me. Um, <laughs> Pinterest is actually a great tool because a lot of them have free printables and free downloads. And I mm. remember in the beginning, I found several like really blog that well-written blogs that had this and that. And I just picked and choose things like you can follow their method Mm -hmm. or you can realize that your life is completely different than theirs and that your budget needs to look different. And so find something that works for you. You know, I've hodgepodge and piece things together. Um, But Pinterest has probably been my main source of information. 
Got it. I love it. So Elizabeth, as we, as we wrap up here, what would you say, uh, and, and take a moment to, to think through this. I, I definitely don't want to catch you off guard, but what's your top three pieces of advice for someone looking at the amount of debt they are in and just feeling like I'm never going to get out? Definitely make a budget. Um, Come up with a goal, you know, hey, I want to pay, try to pay it off by this date. Give yourself an end goal. And I think the mm-hmm. third thing that you can do is if you can find a buddy who wants to pay off student loans with you, that's amazing. My best friend and I were doing mm-hmm. the same things. And when I was feeling really frustrated towards the end, like, oh, like this is never going to go away. I would text her and she's like, no, no, don't don't impulse buy. Like, you got this. Keep going. And we text each other when we paid off a loan. Like that was so encouraging to have somebody who thought paying off student loans was just as cool as I did. <laughs> That's that's awesome. Listen, thank you so much for sharing everything that you did today. I, I know somebody's out there listening to this and it's just the push they need to finally start taking it seriously. So thank you for being well, thank here. Thank you so much for having me. Is there anywhere that um, it, is it is it OK for listeners to reach out to you directly and where can they do that? Um, I guess you can find me on Facebook. I am on the Tiny Leaps um page under Elizabeth Moore. You can find me if you want to message me. Um, I don't really have any blog posts or anything fancy. I'm just an average Joe. Mm. Um, But yeah, if you want any help or insight or whatnot, I'm always happy to talk budgets. (laughs) I love it. Well, for those of you listening, I highly recommend that if you want to connect with Elizabeth, join the Tiny Leaps Facebook group. Just head over to Facebook and search tiny leaps she is a member there you can literally join i'll approve it and then just tag her in a post and and i'm sure that she'll uh take the moment to to respond to you and thank you so much for listening thank you for spending your time with us today i hope that this has been valuable if you are like me and you are just underwater when it comes to your student debt elizabeth the strategies here are are valuable but Think about this as hope that it's possible because your approach might end up being different. Your strategies and budgets and the way you you end up doing it might be different from hers. But if one person can do it, then you can also do it. And it's just going to require a little bit of hard work and a little bit of sacrifice. So think of this episode both as a step-by-step approach to, to tackling it, But definitely just get out there and find the thing that's going to work for you. And with that said, remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day.